invite you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Daniel, found in the Old Testament, uh, just after um, the major prophets of Ezekiel. It's on page 750 in your pew Bibles. Uh, we'll be looking at the last chapter of Daniel, Daniel chapter 12. Well, welcome to 2022. Beginning of a new year usually brings with it a sense of renewed optimism, of, of an expectant hope of better things ahead. We wish one another a happy new year, looking forward to hopefully those things which will bring joy into our life. We set new goals to achieve and we promise new resolve in achieving them in the year ahead. And, and for Christians, no matter how hard or difficult the past year has been, we are reminded anew during the season of Advent and Christmas of the power and the presence of God with us in the coming of His Son, Jesus. And so we turn the, the page on the calendar year with a, a renewed hope in the, the promises and the blessings of God, which are ours in Christ and are fulfilled uh, for us by Him in whom we believe and trust. And yet, we don't seem to go far into the new year before we are reminded once again of our deep need for God's power and His presence with and for us. As we find ourselves, again, facing the, the difficult struggles and the trials that life brings. The same old ones, just perhaps in new and different ways. And today we're coming to the end of our study of the book of Daniel. If you've been with us through this study this past fall, you'll remember that, that Daniel is a book about the sovereignty of God over all things and His faithfulness to His people, both in, in judgment, executing the, the promises that He has for those who turn against Him, but as well in His deliverance as they experience that promised exile in Babylon as well as God's care for them in that time. It's a book on how to live as we see in the life of Daniel and his friends and the encouragement of the people, how to live with, with resolute faith in a sovereign God in the midst of a hard and hostile land and culture. And the book's divided into two parts. The first six chapters, uh, you may remember, record incidents in the life of Daniel as he serves in the court of the various rulers of Babylon and Persia. And there we find many of the familiar uh, Bible stories that we learned as children and that we love uh, as um, God's children, those are the fiery furnace, deliverance of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel in the lion's den. And the second half of the book consists of a series of, of visions, four visions in particular, which God gives to Daniel, revealing to Daniel and through Daniel to his people uh, in different ways, the rise and fall of, of kings and kingdoms, some at the time and some to come, and what lies ahead, not only for God's people, but for the world in terms of the, of the coming judgment and dominion of God's kingdom, and specifically His coming King, the Messiah, one like a son of man as we've been looking at Jesus over the, the Advent weeks, who comes to fulfill that and through whom God ultimately delivers His people and will rule over the nations for eternity. And as, as hope-filled and encouraging as the message of God's powerful control and, and providential care and deliverance for His people is, throughout the, the book of Daniel, 
we're still left, and even in this particular, this, this last vision, with a sense that things aren't going to be fixed anytime soon. And that, indeed, life will actually get harder and, and more troublesome for God's people before it gets better. And that's what Daniel is told again in this last vision as we will read the end of it in chapter 12. This is what Jesus told his disciples about the days to come, that they would find trouble in this world. And that's what we often find ourselves experiencing in our own lives, the continued ongoing trouble of living in a, in a fallen and a broken world. We work hard to make life better, to, to, to become more prosperous, to be more secure, to make life more pain-free. And we start each year with that renewed hope and optimism for that, only to experience what seems like increased conflict or uncertainty, continued pressures and setbacks, ongoing failures and, and threats from within and from without. And despite all our best efforts, we live in this fallen world and no amount of human effort, activism, or reform is going to ultimately make things right. Nothing short of a new creation, a total do-over, will suffice. And today we come to this final vision that God gives to Daniel, which is, which is actually recorded in chapters 10, 11, and 12. And we're going we're gonna to skip over the first part of that. And it's meant to remind and encourage us that such a day is coming. An assurance that God will establish His eternal kingdom in victory. He will redeem His people in glory. That He will do it in His perfect time and according to His perfect purposes. And that He will sustain and strengthen His people until that day. Until, as they depend on His grace. As we trust in His word and persevere in faithfulness to Him. So it's good as we enter into another new year to look at what this, this last chapter of Daniel teaches us about that great day when God will stand and shine in His kingdom. Uh, God's people will stand and shine in His kingdom with Him at the end. So follow along with me and, and, and read as we hear God's Word beginning in verse 1 of Daniel chapter 12. At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince who has charge of your people. This is uh, an angel speaking, a messenger of God speaking to Daniel. And there shall be a, a time of trouble such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. But at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above. And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. And then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, two others stood on this bank of the stream, and one on, the bank of the, one on that bank of the stream. And someone said to the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the stream, How long shall it be till the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the stream. He raised his right hand and his left hand towards heaven, and he swore by him who lives forever that it would be for a time, times, and half a time. 
And then when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, all these things would be finished. I heard, but I did not understand. And then I said, Oh my Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? And he said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined, but the wicked shall act wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but those who are wise shall understand. And from the time that the regular burnt offering is taken away and the abomination that makes desolate is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Blessed is he who waits and arrives at the 1,335th day. But go your way until the end, and you shall rest and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. Let's pray together. Father, would you open our eyes and reveal the mystery of your grace and your goodness and your salvation that is revealed here to Daniel in much cryptic language that is revealed more fully and completed in your son Jesus Christ who came to bring about the redemption of your people and who will one day return and raise us with him to life. Father, help us to see these things and to believe them and to put our hope in them. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, what happened to chapter 10 and 11? We're going to focus on the, the end and the outcome of this last vision to Daniel in chapter 12. And we're going to skip over a great deal of the, of the detail that is laid out in chapter 11 as it covers some of the same territory and the same things which, uh, which uh, came about in Daniel's previous visions. But let's just quickly set the context from chapters 10 and 11 as we dive into this last chapter 12. We see at the beginning of chapter 10, this vision takes place in the third year of Cyrus, who was a king of Persia. In the, in the first year of, of King Cyrus, he issued a decree for God's people who by this time had been in exile in Babylon for the, the 70 years or so that God had, had promised. And he issues a decree for the people to return back to Jerusalem and he sends them with money and, and permission to rebuild the temple there. And they get there and they begin rebuilding the temple as we read about in, in the book of Ezra. They began to do that. However, they very quickly ran into opposition and trouble and, and construction was halted and the temple was never, never raised to its full glory. And so here we find Daniel a couple of years later obviously having not returned with those to Jerusalem and he's on the banks of the, the Tigris River there and he's, he's mourning and he's praying as he sees probably over the troubles that he's heard about happening in Jerusalem. And he's been there for, for three weeks in this, this time of fasting and prayer. And he sees in chapter 10 this glorious man-like figure, an angel sent by God who causes him to fall down in fear and weakness, but then, then touches him and, and strengthens him to stand up and says, O oh Daniel, man greatly loved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand up right for I have been sent to you in answer to your prayers. 
And then this messenger begins to detail this, this cosmic struggle that's going on behind all these earthly uh, uh, wrestlings with powers. He, he reveals what's going on in the heavenlies. And this warfare going on between the Lord's forces and this particular angel and, and, and Michael, the archangel of God, who we uh, hear again in chapter 12. And, and the prince of the kings of Persia in Greece, these heavenly forces behind the works going on in these empires. And this angel comes to reveal to Daniel what is to come. And then in chapter 11, he begins to give him all these, these very specific details and, and minutiae about the change in, in uh, regimes and, and this king of the south and this king of the uh, north battling one another. And basically what he's doing is he's giving Daniel, he's, he's kind of reiterating in more specific detail the vision that, he gave, that Daniel was given in chapter 8 with the rise of the, the Persian dynasty, as you remember in the, the, the form of the ram that we saw back then under the leadership of, of King Xerxes. And, and that's followed by the brief but broad conquest of Alexander the Great, whose kingdom is then divided into four parts, two of which had, had particular significance and which are the focus, if you go back and read chapter 11, of, of, of much of what's there um, and, and the impact that had on the people of Israel. These were the, the, the Ptolemaic kingdom of the south in Egypt and the, the Seleucids in, in Syria in the north, the kingdom of the north. And that northern kingdom reached its pinnacle under, you may remember from a few weeks back, Antiochus IV around 168 BC, a cunning and deceptive ruler who severely persecuted God's people, who desecrated the temple and destroyed Jewish practices and what was referred to as the abomination that makes desolate. And then in verse 36 of chapter 11, which again we haven't read, but I encourage you to go back. Daniel sees the, the rise of an even more wicked king and kingdom. And the identity of, of this particular uh, part of the vision um, is much debated and remains uncertain among scholars. Some see it as a continuing reference to Antiochus IV. Some, including Calvin, saw it as a reference to the, the Roman Empire as a whole. But more, most likely, as you look at this and in conjunction with, with other parts of Scripture, it points to and prefigures a, a ruler or a type of ruler who, who is to come down the road who severely and aggressively opposes God and His people. A, a man of lawlessness or, or the Antichrist referred to by, by John and Paul in their letters. Jesus sees a, a partial fulfillment in this as well in Matthew 24 of the destruction of the temple in 87. Yet the angel says at the end of chapter 11, there in the last verse, after detailing this, this, uh, this rule of this, this man of lawlessness, he says, He shall come to his end with none to help him. Like all the other rulers that, that Daniel's been given a vision of and, and their rise to power and then their fall from greatness, he too, this one who will oppose God's people, will come to an end with none to help. And despite the difficulty of determining the identity of this, this last evil earthly ruler or reign, it seems clear as the vision comes to a close at the beginning of chapter 12, which we read, that Daniel is being shown what will take place at the end of days. The conclusion of, of the times in which we now live between, between Christ's first coming and His return, and specifically the, the latter part of those days as we grow near to the time of Christ's return, a time when we don't know the specifics of. 
And this time that is reflected here in the conflict of, uh, with those who oppose God will come to a final secession and God's kingdom will be fully established and God's people, as Daniel has shown, will rise to stand and to shine in eternal glory. The angel says to Daniel at the beginning of chapter 12, at that time, meaning these, these growing days of trouble and tribulation, shall arise Michael, again, this, this angelic figure, one who, who is called the great prince who is in charge of God's people. And, and Michael appears at various places in, in Daniel as well as elsewhere in Scripture, short of, sort of a chief of God's angelic forces, battling in the heavenly against the forces of Satan and evil. John is given a very similar vision over in Revelations 12 and 13 where we see Michael coming and, and battling against the dragon, Satan, who has, who has come down seeking to destroy the child of the woman who has then been taken up to heaven with God and, and now seeks to battle against the woman, which is a picture of, of God's church and God's people whom God is protecting. And we get this sense again of of our struggle, as Paul says in Ephesians 6, is not against flesh and blood. It's not just against the, the forces that we see around us on this earth, but against the spiritual powers of evil. And here we see God and His forces fighting very specifically and triumphing for His people. And Daniel's told that this will be true, but he says things will get worse before they get better. Things will get worse before they get better. A great tribulation will rise and God's people will suffer, he says, like they never have before. And this is important for us to hear. Particularly in these days when we feel like it, there is a, is a growing and, and pervasive opposition to God's ways and to His church. And it's been that way throughout the, the history of God's people and it continues to be that way. And we should not be surprised <laughs> Because God has told us. As Pastor Kyle mentioned a couple of weeks, all of creation is groaning under the weight and the effects of sin and evil. And as days go on, that weight just only grows heavier and seems more pervasive. Do not be surprised, Peter wrote to the suffering church, when you face all kinds of fiery trials and struggles. History is linear and it's moving towards a particular end. And, and the road towards that end does not get any easier, but actually in many ways grows harder for those who know the Lord. We don't hear that very often, but it's true. But look at what Daniel's told in the midst of that, that prophecy of this time of trouble. He, the, the, the angel says to him, but at that time, again, this time of, of growing uh, tribulation and trial for God's people, but at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone whose name is found written in the book. Now, what is this book? Remember back in chapter 7, if you want to flip back over there, Daniel saw the rise of a, a great and terrible beast in this vision. Again, a picture of this, this one who would bring uh, terrible tribulation of, of, to God's people. And he's given this vision of the Ancient of Days, God Himself seated on the throne in judgment, having defeated the beast. And it says, Daniel watched 
as the books were opened. The books were opened. This is a scene of God's great judgment. And again, we get a, a, a clear picture of that when John, the Apostle John, received a, a similar vision of the great white throne of judgment in Revelation chapter 20 and 21. And, and there in chapter 20, verse 11, he says, John sees the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. And one of these books was called the Book of Life. And the books contained the deeds of all the people and they were judged by what they had done. And it says, if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was cast in to the lake of fire. Or as we read here, he was raised up to shame and everlasting contempt. But those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life are allowed to enter into the new Jerusalem, the new heaven and the new earth that is the victorious kingdom of God. You see, both, both Daniel and John are given a glimpse of the last days in order to strengthen, in order to encourage, in order to increase hope and faith in God's people who are living in the midst of those times. Life circumstances for them and for us often seem overwhelming. The future might seem bleak. And God says... There's probably more trouble on the horizon. If you're not experiencing it now, there's some time in your life when you will. But for those whose name is written in the book of life, there is rescue, not judgment. There is redemption, not wrath. There is deliverance, not destruction. God is saying to Daniel, trouble is still on the horizon. Your people who are back in Jerusalem will not reestablish my kingdom. In fact, many more kingdoms are going to come and go and, and people, your people, my people will suffer greatly. Many will be killed. But don't worry. A time is coming. I will deliver. And this deliverance does not just include those who are alive at that time. Verse 2 we see, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. This is the clearest and most, most succinct statement and picture of the general resurrection to come that's found in the Old Testament. Death is not the end. It is only a temporary, it's only temporary, like sleep. And like sleep, we will one day awake. And Daniel's given this picture, says, for those who don't know God, who don't trust in Him, who are, who are judged according to their own deeds and their merits, it will be like waking to a nightmare. But for those whose name is written in the book of life, oh, what a glorious day. What a glorious day. It says in verse 3, the wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above. And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever. On that day we will see face to face God in all His glory and our Savior Jesus Christ. And we will be changed and be like Him. Shining with that glory. All sorrow will cease. All pain and trouble will be gone. All tears will be wiped away. And God's people will stand in triumph and in glory with their King. So how do you know if your name is in the book of life? Well, 
Over in Revelation, we're reminded of whose book it is. <laughs> it's the Lamb's book of life. Jesus, the, the Lamb of God who, who came to take away the sins of the world, who came to, to serve and to save His people by laying down His life, by bearing all trials and tribulations and the, the wrath of God for our sin and taking upon Himself that wrath on the cross and then being raised again, the first fruits of the the resurrection and ascended in glory to the Father. It's His book and it contains the names of those who belong to Him. That's what Jesus was talking about in the passage which James read for us earlier in John chapter 5. There He says, For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom He will. The Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son, just as they honor the Father. For whoever does not honor the Son, does not honor the Father who sent Him. Truly I say to you, whoever hears My word and believes Him who sent Me, has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but He has passed from death to life. So how is your name written in the book of life? It's that you, We see this picture of, of God the Father and God the Son is one, bringing all into judgment. And, and your name is written, those who believe the Word of God. Those who trust in, in, the, in, in God who has revealed Himself in His Son and trust in Him and His work for us for eternal life. And Jesus goes on and speaks specifically of the resurrection which Daniel is given a picture of here in Daniel 12. He says, an hour is coming and is now here. In other words, these times have now been initiated. When the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For the Father has given life in Himself. He has grant, so He has granted the Son also to have life in Himself. And He has given Him authority to execute judgment because He is the Son of Man. Remember Daniel 7 and the vision there. Jesus says, Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear His voice and come out, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. Jesus is clear. That day is coming. And God has entrusted that judgment to Him, His Son, and to those who, that those who honor the Son, that those who hear and believe in Him have eternal life. These are, the, these are the wise that Daniel is shown here in this vision. Those who live according to God's truth, who trust in God's grace revealed in the gospel. Those who turn many to, to the righteousness of God, the righteousness that ultimately, both for Old Testament and New Testament, comes by faith in God alone. And His promises fulfilled in His Son, Jesus Christ. Those are the ones who will shine in glory for eternity. It's the same thing we looked at last week. There's a clear line that God draws in the sand, and that line is Jesus, the Son of Man. It's either the wise or the wicked, either the resurrected to life or the resurrected to, to condemnation and shame. Either those who will, will shine for eternity or those who will suffer for eternity. 
And so Daniel's given this picture of the final victory, the final glory of God's kingdom and his people. And then he's told to shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. God's not telling Daniel to hide this truth. He's not telling him to, you know, pack it away and don't let anybody know. But he's telling him to protect it. To protect it. To preserve it. To write it down and and hold it firm. For he says, many will run to and fro and knowledge will increase. In other words, people will, will run and look all kinds of places for knowledge and for wisdom and for truth. But truth. And true wisdom are found in what God has said and what God is doing in God's word which will stand forever. And so Daniel's given this picture of God's ultimate judgment and deliverance of his people into glory. And then he sees two figures standing on either side of the river. Remember the the vision occurs on the banks of the Tigris River. And one of the figures said to the other, he asked this question, How long... Shall it be till the end of these wonders? And the other figure raises his his hands as if taking an oath. And he says, A time, times, and half a time, that when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, all these things will be finished. And then I'm so thankful for this verse. Daniel says, I heard, but I did not understand. (laughs) These are hard things to understand. God does not give a definitive answer, in a sense, to the question, how long? We want to know the dates and the times and specific info. And believe me, there have been reams of, of stuff written about the meaning of these, these, this time, times, and half a time and the, and the 1,290 days that Daniel is, that is spoken of in the verses following. And certainly they do point to various things that, that we can see fulfilled both in, in history, but also uh, more to the, uh, what the times we live in now. The times, times, and half a time makes reference again to the vision back in chapter 7, where God's people are given into the hands of the beast. We're told for a time, times, and half a time, at which time judgment will come and the kingdom will be given to God's people. Many of tried to, to put dates on this or to, or to figure out the exact time. But again, we see a reference over in Revelation 12 that I think gives us some insight. There again in the vision that John is shown of, of the child being born to the woman and then taken up to God. And so the, the dragon, Satan, focuses his attention on the woman, which is, which is the church of, of God. And, and we're told that the woman goes off into the wilderness to be nourished by God for a time, times, and half a time. The point God is making is He wants us to understand that the time of trouble, the time of of, um, tribulation is limited. The tribulation of God's people will come to a definitive end. I think that's the point of verse 11 where Daniel is told from that from the time that the burnt offering is taken away and the abomination that makes desolate is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Again, I, I think God is referring here to a, a limited time of, of a period of time. And certainly uh, we can look at the, the setting up of Antiochus Epiphanes and from the time that he, 
He uh, made desolate in the temple. There was roughly three and a half years, which some people see this same time period as before he was taken down. But again, in Revelation, we see the woman taken off into the wilderness for a similar period of time to be nourished and strengthened. And so, while the suffering under this great uh, tribulation was great for God's people, it is the the point that... that, uh, that the angel is making is it's limited. It's brought to an end. And God in His sovereign grace has set a definitive time for its completion. And brothers and sisters, we live in that time which Daniel saw. We live in this time, times and half a times when, when trouble and tribulation is continuing to happen to God's people and between the, the first coming of Christ and the return of Christ. We continue to experience the difficulties of life and the ongoing conflict that brings trials and struggles. And we continue to see them at times growing worse, and they will grow worse. But the time is limited. And Jesus has already come. He is, he is the one who has covenanted with His people and made atonement for sins. And He has promised that He will come again and deliver His people and raise them to life. And so you can be sure that though we don't know the exact times and details, Jesus has brought salvation for those who hear his voice, those who receive his work, and he'll complete that deliverance on behalf of his people. And then Daniel asks another question What will be the outcome of these things? In other words, how is all of it going to turn out? And again, we want to know the details, don't we? But the angel, once again, doesn't give Daniel specifics. Rather, for Daniel, in his time and his place, he says, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. But again, he gives him encouragement. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and refined, but the wicked shall still act wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but those who are wise shall understand. You see, for those who know God, those who trust in His work of deliverance through His Son, Jesus Christ, the times of of tribulation and trials of life are a refining process. They are a purifying process. They are what God is using to, to strengthen us and to make us more and more into the people He has called us to be and is making us to be in Christ Jesus. There are those who will always be evil, who will oppose God and who will not understand and receive His truth. But for those who truly seek Him, those who who seek to understand, He will be found. The wise shall receive understanding. When Jesus came, He acknowledged that many who heard His words would not receive them. They would not have ears to hear. Their hearts would be hardened. They would remain in ignorance. But He said, those who have ears to hear will hear and they will understand and they will believe. And friends, you may be here this morning, having heard perhaps some of this stuff over and over again, and and God, even now, is giving you ears to hear the truth, the truth of the gospel. He's calling you to, to put your faith in Him, to trust in Him. Your name is written in the book of life. And what we have in this vision is a very realistic picture of the world as it is. The world remains a broken place. There continues to be conflict and trouble. And God's people are not removed from it. But in many cases are the recipients of it. 
God's truth and grace have been clearly revealed in the coming of Jesus, in his death, in his resurrection, in his glory. In the gospel, he calls all people to believe and to receive eternal life. Deliverance belongs to those who will hear and whose hearts will understand and believe the wisdom of God revealed in Christ. To all who received him, to all who believe in his name, he gives the right to be called children of God. Daniel couldn't see how God would fully do all of this. Despite the visions God gave him, much still remained a mystery and sealed up until the, the time of the end. And we have, we have seen so much more of that mystery revealed in Christ's coming and in the Gospels. And yet we still live in those times. And just as Daniel believed and trusted in God's promises, so are we to live and believe and trust in God's promises fulfilled in Christ. For God is faithful. So how shall we then live in light of these things? God says to Daniel, go your way, Daniel. In other words, keep living your life in uncompromising faith. Keep doing the things I've called you to do. Be my witness. Serve where I have put you. Walk in humble dependence and perseverance in in passionate prayer. Live according to, to my truth. Love the city where I have placed you. Do what I call you to do. Believe and trust and persevere and pray and obey. Seek to turn many to righteousness. Point them to, to me and bring them to understanding. And do not worry about the future for it is in my hands. I will deliver. How easy is it for us to get caught up in worrying about the future? I do it all the time. We can sometimes get so caught up in trying to figure out what God is doing and how he's doing it and wanting to know all the details and the timing and the outcomes and the circumstances that we find ourselves in. We can become so fixed on questions like how long and what will be the outcome when what God wants us to do is to trust him and to keep going our way. To live faithfully where God has put you according to his word. Content to follow him even when the future is uncertain. To point others to the truth. To share in the gospel in word and deed. To know that, in an, that ultimately God will deliver us from all our trouble. And what will be the outcome? God says to Daniel, you shall rest and stand in your allotted place at the end of days. You know, Daniel had, a, am sure, a great longing to go back to Jerusalem, to go back to the promised land. And he never realized that. He never, as far as we know, would stand again in that land physically with his people. But God says to him, you shall rest and you shall stand in your allotted place at the end of days. Jesus says to us, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You will find rest for your souls. And he says, and I go now ahead of you to prepare a place for you. And if I say, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again to bring you there with me. What's your burden today? What's the trouble you face What's the question on your mind that you long to 
to have answers to and to understand. God's promise to you this morning is that rest can be found in Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, the Prince of Peace, the Son of Man who came to save and deliver His people. All who trust in Him will rise from death to everlasting life and they will shine like the stars of heaven. And So let's not look to military might or to government policies or to earthly kings and kingdoms for deliverance. Let's not depend on our own understanding or our own righteousness for reward. There's no hope in any of those things. Let us trust in God. Let us trust in His Son, Jesus Christ, who writes our name in the book of life in His own blood shed on the cross and who through His own resurrection assures us of eternal life and a share in His glory and inheritance where we will shine like the stars with Him at the end of days. May God give us grace to continue on our way in faith until that day comes. Let's pray together. Father, seal these words and these promises unto us by your Holy Spirit until the day we see them fulfilled when you return again and when all the tombs will be opened and those who know you will be raised to everlasting life. And Father, for those here this morning who may not at this time, see or know or understand your grace in the gospel. Lord, give them understanding, even now by your Spirit. Reveal to them your grace and your goodness. Write their names in the book of life in your blood. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.